everybody. We're back. It's episode 169 of Bat and Spider, right after these words. This week for the show, we watched a movie entitled The Aftermath from 1982. Friend of the show, Print Huffer, they go on to say, when Newman blurs the line between justice and revenge, I question his suitability as a father figure for Chris. But then again, he's not depraved like Cutter, and I've never lived through the aftermath. Did I read it just like Barquette, Steve Barquette would have? Did you enunciate every uh, part of the word? In all things, follow Steve. Barquette, Barquette knows. What did he say? Oh yeah, when he when he walks in on Alanis Morissette sleeping, and he's like, "I'm sorry, I've awakened." <laughs> oh, I've awakened you. I don't know, Chuck. We're gonna Dale. Have you we're ever, gonna get into it at the. Uh, have you ever walked into the bedroom and said to your wife, "Oh, sorry, sorry, honey, did I awake. awaken you?" I'm going to start. I guarantee you, I will start. Okay. I'll record it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Isn't that uh, isn't that how Tom Green used to wake up his parents? <laughs> yes. When he, he would say that when his dad would wake up. Yeah, he would sing, Awake, did I awaken you over and over again while jumping on the bed with a shoe strapped, duct taped to his forehead <laughs> or something. Daddy, did I awaken you? Oh my God. <laughs> Daddy. Oh man, Tom. We got to go back. I know. He's still with us, good old Tom. Remember Tom, super early on, he started doing that internet show. I know. Internet talk show. Super early on. I know. Guy can't catch a break. To it? Pioneer. Pi- true pioneer, for sure. But we're not here to talk about Tom Green. That's another show. That's another episode. That's another. Why haven't we? No, never mind. I'm not even going to get into why we haven't called our hot ape summer episodes episodes. And as soon as it came, it left your mouth. I I, I panicked. I know you started trademarking yeah. immediately. God damn! I've already had so much audio that I have to edit out of this show. I know Chuck. this is not. It's not boding well. But how are you this week? You had to ask, huh? I I saw it on your face. You wanted me to. I'm. I honestly, I'm. I'm fine. I finished a big project, mm. so uh, feeling a little bit of relief. Uh, really, big project, yeah, huh? Big project, mm. yeah. Finished up, nice. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I won't probe. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash Charles Forsman. Oh, God, you know, I don't like plugging that thing, but check them out. I could use I could use the patrons if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> right there, you go. So you want to find out what big what insert big project yeah. here is. That's for that's a Patreon exclusive. Go to his Patreon. Behind the scenes. And I don't talk about it enough, Chuck, and that's my, on me, no, too. No, it's not I don't talk you. about it because I only think about myself. This is a self-promotion world, and I am not a self-promotion guy. It, it makes me, my skin want to, it makes my skin want to leave my body is what it does. But Dale, I went back. I went back. I know I was going to, I know pre-show we were talking about how I was, I was floating in a lake today, and that was fantastic and that's probably why i'm extra tired because i got some sun and it was great look sometimes a guy needs to go float in a lake taxing it's taxing it's taxing um but the listeners don't want to hear about water they want to hear my report on kickboxer for the aggressor oh my god yes thank you i'm gonna give it to him dale good 
Um, so Pune, he's back. All right. He came back for number four. Uh, you Thank can God. see the budget. You can kind of see the budget diminishing, I think. Actually, no, yeah. I think the budget diminished. Um, Sasha's back, but this time, good. I don't know who made the decision. I don't know if Sasha made this decision or if Pune wanted him to take a different tact. But Sasha, especially in the beginning, he's wearing sunglasses. I think he's wearing a leather jacket and he's not goofy Sasha. Goofy Sasha, leave that in Step by Step and Kickboxer Part 3. Because now he is he's in uh, full Terminator mode. He is delivering his lines <laughs> very straight, serious, with no inflection. Uh, with behind those black sunglasses, so you can't see if there's any acting going on. Um, right. And I, you know, I'm a ter- Dale. You know, I'm a Terminator head, so I'm. Like, I can smell a Terminator influence uh, miles off. So I was like, yeah, okay. This guy, he's he's not a robot. I know like that. Catnip. He's just a kickboxer, but he's going to go to this ranch in Mexico. Uh, that Tong, okay, get this, Dale. I, I buried the lead. Tong, Tong Po is back, right? Um, Jesus, wow, he, uh, I'm blown away. Right? Guess what? Tong Po moved to Mexico and worked his way up the ladder and is now a drug lord with a with his own compound. Yeah. Oh my God! Wow, that's uh, pretty big moves. That's pretty big I know. moves. Like. To, I mean, first off, applause to the Mexican people for being welcoming to other cultures. Uh, that Tong Po can come in there and and become such a great success in a short amount of time. Yeah. Um, the bad thing is, is Tong Po talks a lot in this movie, and it's not the Tong Po Gee. we grew up with because it's a different actor. <laughs> and he. Oh my God. Yeah. Now you tell me that <laughs> now you tell me that he kind of, he looks like Tong Po cause you know, Tong Po, they have the prosthetic on his forehead and, uh, so he kind of looks like him, but the voice that comes out of this guy, it's not working. It's not scary or intimidating. It's kind of a weenie, weenie type voice. Weenie man. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. But, but it's, it's a fun movie because it's a uh, Tong Po is of course, he's still obsessed with fighting. So he's, he's organizing his own martial arts tournament on his compound in Mexico. Uh, Sasha gets let out of prison. Cause he, Jesus, the, the backstory Pune painted for Sasha was in, like, I don't know. He got involved with like the DEA and he was like running deals and like putting away bad people. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. The, anyway, they they let it's it's like a it's like a suicide squad thing. They're like, we're gonna let you out of prison, Sasha, but you gotta help us take down Tong Po. In full, you're gonna you're gonna get into street fights. We're gonna organically get you into this <laughs> underground fight in yeah. Mexico at Tong Po's ranch. Oh, because Tong yeah. Po also has your wife uh, in imprisoned on the ranch, and she's been there for two years. God damn! And she's just they just keep cutting to her in this like hot cell and she just she just looks like a wreck dale no one no 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 shower facilities for this woman it's not good (laughs) two years years. it's horrifying um but yeah it's it's a lot of fun i'm i'm (laughs) it's great actually 
Yeah, I hope I hope it is. I, well, it sounds like th- at least uh, Sasha Mitchell has a reason for acting like the Terminator. Like prison changed him he, very much. So, right? yeah, I, it wasn't without reason. He he's definitely a changed person because he's not um, he's not the fun loving guy that we knew in uh, Kick, Kickboxer Two. Yeah, actually, he wasn't fun loving then, but but yeah, he's been hardened. He's been through some stuff. You can mm. you can tell. Yeah. Sure. Um, wow. So that's fun. Yeah. And not to not, I'm, I I don't want to take any light away from what you're talking about right now, Chuck, but at, probably since the middle of you started talking about Tong Po and kickboxer, I Googled the phrase Tong Po. Yeah. And now I can see that one Dave Bautista played Tong Po. <laughs> In I guess those kickboxer remakes that you talked yeah, about. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the reboot. Yeah, I'm very excited to get to that. I, I, I'm I I'm I just can't I can't stop staring. I know I can't stop staring. And did they put? I haven't looked at pictures of that. This yet, is real. Does he have? Did they put latex on his face at all? No, no okay. latex on his face. But the the hair on top of his head may may very well be made out of latex. Oh shit! Oh my. Because God. this is a is a <laughs> it is not something that grows out of his hair head naturally. Wow. There's no way. Wow. It's so you strap in if you if you choose to continue on the road wow. to kickboxer. Oh, I, vengeance, Dale. You know me. I mean, I, before I get there, I yeah. have to watch. The Redemption colon Kickboxer 5 starring Mark Dacascos. Um, yes. Yeah. Sasha's out. Mark is in. Yes. I don't think there's any Sloan family left, so I, I don't know what... I think this is... This must be... Oh, wait. No, I see. Uh, uh, Sloan's mentioned in the uh, description, so I, don't, yeah, I guess it, it's still in the same universe. Okay. All right. All right. No, no prejudgment yet. I mean, I mean you, get, you know I'm going to watch Kickboxer 5. So. Right. And then I would watch the tri- the new trilogy. God damn. You hearing this? And um, stay. Yeah. If you're just joining us, uh, Chuck is basically keeping us up to date on the Kickboxer franchise single-handedly mm-hmm. since a couple episodes ago. And he is going through it. So just keep staying, stay tuned week to week. <laughs> he is continuing. He has promised to continue yeah. the Kickboxer journey into the modernized version with Dave Bautista. As one Tong Po. And I can't stop looking. I can't stop staring at his. He has uh, on his right side. He has this tattoo of a tiger. I don't know if it's real or if it's for the movie, but I want to get this image of Dave Batista as Tong Po tattooed on me complete mm. with the, uh, the, the tiger tattoo on Tong Po. So I would then have a, a, a tiger tattoo on me vis-a-vis Tong Po. Oh, I see. Okay, I'm looking at the Kickboxer Vengeance poster, and I see his hair. Holy shit! Do you want to stop the show so you and, can watch uh, it right now? And I see a sliver of the tattoo on his shoulder. Yeah, that's very much. I mean, that's the original Tong Po. Has that had like a dragon or something on his uh, shoulder and upper arm? Oh my god, this is real. So thank you, thank you for the updates, Chuck. Keep them coming, please. Can't wait. <sighs> Tape Deck Podcast, your source for all martial arts films via Bat and Spider and Twin Vipers. It's a show within a show. It's a show within a show. And Dale, Kickboxer Vengeance, directed by John Stockwell. Okay. And it still 
Pune clings to my heart because John Stockwell was in that movie, that poster on my wall. Dangerously Close, uh, directed by Albert Pune. John Stockwell stars in that. And he's in Radioactive Dreams, which is, a, which is Pune's, wow. one of his early movies that's many consider his masterpiece. Uh, and there's sadly no good version of it. So it's, we, we hopefully someday. There's very much a protege, a, a protege yeah, situation I happening I wonder. with John Stockwell. Yeah. I, I love I it. Wonder. God, Batista's hair, Dale. Like, yeah, it's uh, it's it's like really tight knots, but they didn't. It, it's clearly a wig, but they didn't do the part where like the the hair is coming out of the scalp into the into the uh right. the yes. braids. <laughs> so it's just like a, right. a braid yeah, just glued to his head, like a bunch of them <laughs> on top. It's insane. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, uh, it's like, wait. uh, boy, <laughs> can't wait. Chuck, this week for the show, we watched, uh, Jesus, what do we watch? We watched the a- Aftermath, a movie I, I saw, I, I chose much like we chose all the movies that we want to watch off the poster art on Letterboxd. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know what? That's a sickening truth that you just told. I was laughing cause I was like, that's a ridiculous I, I, thing to say for a very serious podcast like ourselves, but that's mostly true. I mean, 90% true. It's kind of true. Like 70%, yeah. right? Nine, okay, 90%. I'm glad you said 90%. I was trying to say 70 because I didn't want to get a <laughs> visceral reaction from you. But yeah, it's kind of like 90%. Yeah. And this poster, I mean, I mean, it's almost like some sort of psychological test, Dale, to experience just the poster. Okay, we experienced it together. We, lo- we looked at it last week when, when you picked it for the show. And we we raved and we described. Yeah. We enjoyed this poster, and now after having experiencing the movie and revisiting the poster, it's 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 a different feeling, but it still feels really good. Like now that I know Steve Barquette and I see him shirtless in his pleated trousers and his mustache <laughs> and his his face that always looks like he's sucking on a lemon. Uh, it right. it yeah, just yeah, yeah. it really <laughs> it's incredible because it, none of the, nothing on this poster is a lie. Which first off, bravo to Steve Barquette. Yeah, right. No lies. Anyway, I still haven't even described what the movie's about. Should I do that? Yeah, you can get into it. If you'd like. All right. So. Uh, Present day, I guess. It's present day, right? 1982? I would say. Okay. Yeah, I would say present day, 1982. We got we got three astronauts in a ship. They went out for a year-long mission. They're on their way home. They can't... Man, they can't wait to get home. And they're, they're right there. They can see Earth. They can see the blue marble right there. They're right there. But uh, they, can't, they can't get any uh, radio chatter up on the scanners. Nothing. Now, all the toggles and buttons they push, nothing happens. There's just nothing. Silence. Yeah, a little weird. Um, they don't have a great landing. They they crash into the ocean outside Los Angeles. Only two of the astronauts survive, and Dale they are introduced to a hellish, post-apocalyptic landscape. Los Angeles is in ruins. There don't seem to be many people. There's mutants running around at night, and then they they do they they hole up 
him and his buddy, they hole up in a mansion because up in the Hollywood Hills, I'm assuming, which God, I mean, great decision, right? It's the best, the best decision you could have made. It's the gift. It's the only the gift best. you could really give yourself when you find yourself in a hell. Right. Well, I'm going to pick the nicest house in the neighborhood and shack up there. I wonder if, I wonder if they picked uh, Bill Murray's mansion. Like, was it like, did they know? Did like they from get zombie land? Did they find, did a, a, see, that would have been a good scene is uh, one of those star maps rolling down the street, like a, like tumbleweed. Oh my God. It hits uh, Steve Shin. Are we rewriting <laughs> the aftermath right now? And he picks it up and he goes, well, where do you want to live? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Pick a place. Um, but yeah, they're not alone. There's 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 some bad guys out there, namely Sid Haig and his group of uh, evildoers. They kidnap they they just roam around killing men, kidnapping children, killing children, and kidnapping women for very bad reasons. <laughs> uh, and yeah, and eventually, our our astronaut Newman slash Steve Barquette he he comes up against these guys to defend the honor of his newfound girlfriend and his adopted child um in this uh in in the aftermath and that's that's how it goes that's that's the aftermath deal written directed produced starring steve barquette let's let's not forget why we do this show and if and if and if you said steve had a heavy hand in all the matte paintings and special effects and lens work i wouldn't i wouldn't call you a liar I'd be like, yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm glad you brought up the map painting specifically, Chuck, because speaking of Terminator 2 Judgment Day, the the uh, the artist of the map paintings was one Robert Skotak who worked on oh. James Cameron's Aliens and Terminator 2 Judgment Day, along with a myriad of other things. He was uh, uh, a visual effects supervisor. He was a visual effects in some way or another. But yeah, he he did the paintings for this. I don't know if you know, like... I, I hopped on I hopped on the internet to see if I could get like an art book to see how, what kind of paintings yeah. we're dealing with from Robert Skotak, but the but there's nothing. Nothing. But I but I would like to see. I would like to get some more eyes on what what he yeah. did. Otherwise, I loved the love the map paintings because like you could spot them clear as day. Um. Yeah. Because maybe they're you know maybe he he didn't you know I I can't imagine the budget Steve Barquette was working with was very much so maybe this nice Matt painter was like, all right, I'll, I'll do, I'll do this job for you on the weekend for half the money. So it like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's paintings of like Los Angeles and ruins. And it's almost, you know, it looks great. It looks good. Like this is not like, it looks great. It looks really but good. But it almost has like a impressionistic vibe. I, I didn't, I, Dale, I didn't go to art school, but I, I don't know all the terms, but it, there's something modern arty about it, which I really actually, loved uh to see but anyway it was effective in telling the story of what our astronauts were up against once they landed back yeah on a on on earth that that was unrecognizable to okay them. yeah i mean look we we gotta we gotta get the audience in the in the huddle here yeah brent come on this, in guys the steve barquette set out to make a movie about the whole world gone to hell uh, by nuclear weapons and uh, viruses killing everyone. And you're, you're thinking, man, you don't, Steve Barquette, what do you have, like $50 in your bank account? How are you going to do that? Ladies and gentlemen, 
Right. It didn't stop him from, I can't imagine any shot he had planned out. He said, no, we can't do that. It seemed like he figured out how to do it every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, we he even showed the spaceship flying around. He built a spaceship. It looked like garbage, <laughs> yes. but he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't going to let Should that we? stop his vision. He was going to put his whole vision on, you know? Yeah. For us, for yeah. us. Sure. With, with his whole, his whole vision with the final budget being around $150,000. He did this raising money by, by friends and family. But you're right. I, I think, I think it's some of the, the shots that he was able to do and maybe they weren't spectacular in their, their grand vision or what, what could have been done against, you know, like, a, like, a like what they could have done against a backdrop of CGI hell, but yeah. He was able to tell the story that he needed to tell based on what he had available to him, whether it was him scaling the 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 rocky beaches. Yes. Our ship had made a trail on its re-entry that could be seen for a radius of over 200 miles. Yet no one came. No boats, no helicopters, no sightseers, no one. I found myself a prisoner, trapped on the shoreline by sheer trestles hundreds of feet high. I decided to try and climb my way out. To try to like, to try to make it look like the beaches of California and Los Angeles were like totally eroded away. So he had to like climb up into Los Angeles from wherever the, you know, whatever sea level you're dealing with. Like he made a point to say, you know, in his wonderful ASMR monotone voiceover that probably comprises 60% of this movie. (laughs) I love the voiceover. It was absolutely amazing. And and because it was such a personal story, it was his story against, you know, a cast of maybe 25 total, but like they, they came and went. Yeah. Whereas Newman... Newman, Newman. <laughs> uh, forever like blackened by Seinfeld as Newman now. He he knew when he was making this movie that he was going to be inserting voiceovers through a lot of his shots of him like getting through the day, you know, the day to day or yeah. from A to B. He's like, well, I'm just going to be voiceover in here. So, you know, I can just like kind of mm-hmm. get there without needing to say anything yeah there's so many amazing moments in this movie that just comprise all the ingredients to make a mat to make magic including one shot where where steve barquette has his family again like conveniently his family died before he even took off for space yeah so he's been single and disenfranchised with planet earth as his uh as his fellow astronaut reiterates to us like he's literally just done with the planet earth and everything that it's about luckily pal it's been no big secret to me you've hated the world in general for a long time i understand why the world lost a lot of its charm we both grew up and we saw a lot of the things made life beautiful change and become plastic you hated the plastic i did it's that simple no not quite 
Okay. Here's the difference. I'm hurting right now. I can tell by looking at your face. You love the way you look. No more taxes, no more red tape, no more government, no more ugly apartment buildings. You've given me the speech a hundred times on how great it's going to be when all this crumbles. But it did crumble. Only to me, it's not great. It's just scary. <laughs> Are you so? Uh, he rebuilds. He rebuilds his family, and in one yeah. shot, in in his new mansion. Chuck, he's wearing pajama pants. He's wearing pajama lounge pants. That's true. Yeah, he is. He 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 like he's back. Like it's Christmas morning. Yeah, he's back. He got his family back. He's uh, Newman is born anew. He's he is a new man. <laughs> yes, it's in the name. Yeah, he's got a tank top. Oh man, he's a new. Oh my god, <laughs> did it I just crack the, the code? He's a new man. Did you just? This is. I bet you that was. When Steve Barquette, Chuck, yeah. was sitting at his desk with his Franklin Covey open. Oh, my God. He, he was. And he probably, in the, in the corner of the date that he came up with the movie on the calendar, he wrote New Man. Yeah. Circled it. <laughs> he tapped and it. dabbed it with a pen. Yeah. Yeah. That's what happened. Wow. New God Man. Newman. Planet Earth. He was, he was disenchanted with Planet Earth. And the people, the civilization, the uh, the concept of money, yeah. the concept of living and working, day, like he hated everything about it. Summed up in a, in a forty five second monologue, so he can bid Newman adieu, <laughs> and Newman is free to uh, explore the one dirt road out that runs out of L A. into the desert. Oh my god! So they could film more. I mean, you can't tell me amazing that Steve Barquette didn't come up with the idea for this movie after going on a company picnic where you're stuck with your, your cubicle mate eight hours a day, uh, five days a week. And you got to go on your weekend. You got to go to the company picnic and hang out with that guy again. That's, that's what this movie is. Right. Yes. These guys were in space for a year. They must've been just itching to get away from each other. And then they oh land God. on earth there's not. and there's no one but them. <laughs> Well, until they meet some mutants and stuff, but <laughs> right yet. Yeah. Oh You're right. my God. Like, I don't know how long I would last if I was like with my annoying, you know, roommate getting yeah. out of the, the apartment. Oh my God. After, you know, for the first time in a year, I'd be like, well, we're on the beach. I'm just, I'm going to go this way. See you later, dude. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Right. Like he's going like, maybe we should stick together. How how demoralizing was it when after 10 minutes of climbing the cliffs in LA that he runs into the only living person again washing up on the beach? Oh yeah, that's right. Like he should have just turned around and started going the oh other way God. before. Yeah. He shouldn't have saved his life. As soon as he realized who it was, he should have turned around. He's like, is that, could that be another astronaut or? Anyone but Getman, please. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, Please God. Yes, be another anyone. astronaut. Please be another astronaut. Any other astronaut that I don't know. Washing up on shore at this immediate moment. Oh, God. Steve Barquette, just, he's a king because he's not, I think he kind of like knows his place in in this movie, right? He is self-aware enough to, uh, we're th we before the show, we just happened to be talking about swimming with shirts on and whatnot. Yeah. He's not like oozing. He knows enough where he's not oozing machismo where he needs to be shirtless and, and like, like on the hot on the heels of your Rambos and whatnot. 
like with that. He's just wearing pants and a shirt. Yeah. And maybe he's like stocky. He's not fat or anything like that. Like, but he's obviously not cut enough to uh, be shirtless and oiled up. So he's pull, he pulls it off in such a way where he knows his what he needs to do for his role in his movie. Yeah. And, and there's I, Dale, I, I, I wonder that Newman as a character, he's very, I feel like he's a boy scout is what he is. Yeah, dude. Yes. He, uh, he has such a, yes. he has a strong right. sense of what's right, what's wrong. Uh, even though he does have internal struggle cause he lost his family. Uh, but he is, he is, he's all business when it comes to survival and doing what's right. And, uh, God, when he, Dale, when he gets a new kid, when he adopts a new kid in this movie, he can't wait to teach this kid, uh, that when bullies oh my God, pick yeah. on you, yeah. you draw a line in the sand and you don't let them cross it or else you bloody them up until no one can recognize either yeah, one of you. Yeah. Because that's what it means right. to be a man. Right. That's what justice means. <laughs> you don't let anyone push you around. But he, but Steve says it in the most parental early '80s way. Uh, and you know, yeah. God, I mean, all the men in this movie. Perfect. Dale, have you ever seen so many uh, balding men starring in a movie? I know, right? Like they all had a place in this. Yeah, it was great. Universe did uh, did. Did all the balding men because they couldn't get jobs elsewhere? Did they? Yeah. Did they just say, "Yeah, Steve, we'll work with you"? I mean, it's it's to do what we love. You could pay us. We'll pay you. Barquette looked at all the, and that's how the balding <laughs> balding men. men headshots. And he looked at himself in the mirror yeah. and he said, "These are my people. They can be in my right. movie." He said, "Get them all. Get them all. Get, get them all, all over here." <laughs> right. They're they're they're. They're in this movie. I'm going to, I'm going to make room yeah. <laughs> for them. Yeah. We're, we all can't be, you're right. You know, sorry, go ahead. To go back to what you're saying, man, that monologue, when he is telling the little boy, what's the little boy's name? Chris. Yeah. Um, yeah. Christopher Barquette. Yeah. I th- as Chris, I know I, that's his real son. I was, I was hoping you would know that. Cause I didn't look it up, but I saw his name in the credits. I was like, Oh shit. Is that his real son? So he was really talking to his son yeah. at times when, when he started going on the monologue about, uh, it wasn't about bullying when the words started first coming out of his yeah. mouth, but it turned into like bully what you said, yeah. but it didn't start that way. Yeah. I forget what it was. It was about. It was, was this the, the this was a conversation on the couch. Maybe. Yeah. With yes. That that made me a little uncomfortable the way he was <laughs> kind of snuggling with that little boy on the couch <laughs> with his drink. Um after having just uh laid 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 something. Sarah. Laid Sarah. <laughs> Sweet laid Sarah. Sarah. <laughs> I uh the first note I took for this movie, Chuck. Yeah. You ready for this? Um, the setting for this movie, mm-hmm. the the post abracalypse. <laughs> Wait, abracalypse? You got to unpack that. Abracalypse, because there's no bras in this movie. Oh my god! 
There's Damn. not one bra in this whole movie. I, yes, I wanted to make a joke too. I think I had a similar joke. Oh, what was it? It was something with Did bras. Post a bracalypse? Yeah, it was something like that. Uh, oh, what Steve was Brockett? it? Steve <laughs> <laughs> But you, Chris I mean, Brockett? you win the post a bracalypse. Okay. Oh my, yeah, I, that's, yeah. First thing you you notice I mean, in this movie, yeah, sh- for sure. Not a popular first item. For, yeah, that is, yeah, you're right. The first thing, the first thing you notice. <laughs> yeah, they're all radioactive. The uh, the 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 underwire gets charged up. Yeah, the, right. Exactly. Weird, those radioactive storms. Yeah. I love that touch. I know, and they never really. I don't think they explained it, but you got you, you got the idea of the colors and the the th- the constant thunder cracking that. Oh my god! These these are not these are not your uh, homegrown storms. These are these are something sinister. These storms. The I I just totally glossed over where he picked up Chris to begin with. The the working volunteer only museum history oh museum. My god, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I mean I love this as an idea. Like you got Forrest J Ackerman playing the curator who is raising. Was the was the kid related to him? I don't think so. Okay. But anyway, he's he's like watching over this little kid while still overseeing this uh, history museum that nobody's coming to. But he's you know that's what he does. It's his job. What else does he know? What else is he going to do? You know, thank God this is yeah. 1982, and every building probably had a, a foodstuffs and a fallout shelter. You know, that's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, you know, and. Yeah, we got Forrest J. Ackerman just like lording around uh, his his museum manor. He's got nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until he until he like all of a sudden falls violently ill and dies. <laughs> he said, oh yeah, I've been sick for a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. two minutes before he dies, he rev- he's just like, oh yeah, take a look. He's he says you're an astronaut. Oh my god! Okay, you're an astronaut. You tell me what the you. I bet you you guess what this is on my hand. Well, you're an astronaut, Mister Newman. I don't suppose I have to tell you what that means. Yeah, he holds up his hand, and Newman's like, "Yeah, oh yeah, you're fucked." Like, I mean, he doesn't say anything. He just like nods in recognition. Oh yeah, you're. He knows. Yeah, that those red splotches on your hand. You're doomed. You're doomed. Right. There's nothing we can yeah, do. Yeah, no. You're, yeah. You're probably doomed I'm in five minutes. I'm an astronaut. Minutes. Yeah, I've, I know exactly. <laughs> right. Even though you're- You're an astronaut. Walking around, giving a tour of a museum, like, no problem. Right. <laughs> and he holds out his hand, like, so, like, <laughs> check this out. It's, like, so fraily yeah. and, like, look at this little tiny spot. Like, Steve, like- Steve Barkett had to get so up close to this, like, what, what am I looking at here? Am I looking at this little spot here? Maybe Barkett was just being polite. Maybe he had no idea what the curator was talking about. He was like, oh, yeah, sure. I, I don't want to embarrass myself because I am an astronaut, so I should know this, but. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't want him thinking less yeah. of me. He's, you know, he's the only other person around. Yeah. This, this is a very important guy. Look at him. He reveals he's got. Can- body cancer, full body cancer. And then, it, you know, he's like, I'm probably not going to make it. And then he like starts keeling over immediately. Yeah. Poor, poor Chris has to watch his. I know. The museum curator die. Yeah. 
museum curator is like, I've, be, I've been prepping the boy. We've been <laughs> openly dialoguing about this so he won't yeah. be surprised when it happens. And Barquette's like, well, you got a new daddy now, Chris. I'm your daddy. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. You like Jeeps, boy? Oh, my God. <laughs> Steve, uh, he, he rounded up every Jeep. Was this a color-changing deep Jeep, Dale? I think there was more than one Jeep really? in this movie. Well, I mean, there were two, I know. Yeah. Uh, and that, did they ever explain, did he switch Jeeps or did they just not, they lose the Jeep they had halfway they, through filming? Yeah, that's, yeah, I don't know. Get I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> right. Are we supposed to realize that it's a different Jeep or yeah. are we hoping to not notice it's not the same Jeep? Because I, I have full faith Jeep in Barkett that he knew what he was doing. So I'm not going to question. Oh, yeah. The only... Up until I saw that Jeep in the uh, the finale where he's like speeding through the, the bad guy's hideout, every vehicle in this movie was not moving, <laughs> but it's like <laughs> yeah. we caught up to this, we caught up to the vehicle as soon as it broke down <laughs> and that's where the scene starts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, are all the Jeeps, are all the vehicles like, I mean, that one family. Oh my God. Yeah. Who gets murdered in cold oh. blood. They they obviously had a working vehicle until it broke down. I wanted I needed to know more about this world because they were they were calling for help, but I mean apparently they didn't know that it was a Mega Man around the area and there was only mutant people and Sid Haig the rapist like yeah yeah that's the one ding existing is that, like there's no explanation for how your these people have gas for their vehicles or where the food's coming from. Like there's no like, like you don't see yeah. like Sid hanging his gang, like taking all the food from that, that family's car or something, you know, they seem completely unconcerned. Like they only have one thing in their mind and it's sick. Um, it is sick. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And it's not shotgunning kids from, <laughs> from point blank range, which is the, uh, which is just, God. it's not on their mind. They just do it. Oh my God. The horror deal of that scene. Like to take a, yeah, to take, to shoot anybody from a shotgun that close is, is awful. Just, they just keep cutting to Sid Haig laughing (laughs) with with the most teeth in a man (laughs) when he opens those jaws. He should have been on so many toothpaste commercials. That guy, poor Sid Haig. Did he ever get a chance to play like a normal guy, like a nice guy or? Like any role that's not tinged with uh, yeah, that's a <laughs> just that's a, creepazoid. That's a good question. Yeah, maybe just once. You think maybe yeah. he maybe he did. Maybe when he was younger. I don't, I don't know. know. There was only a few mutants, and they were like on the outskirts. They weren't in the uh, the populated areas, which uh, of of the place they were in so it's like they were the new wild animals because somebody made the observation the i guess the only other ast- the astronaut said have you seen any wild animals around oh, here yeah. there are none and then <laughs> like the mutants start showing up like they're the they're the mindless zombies that are just existing in in whatever capacity that they are yeah. existing in um I loved the, the, I mean, the world building that he attempted to get done. Yeah. Like just raised questions because it was very, for what, for what budget he had and for what he could do, 
he really tried to pull Dude. it off and it was really great. It's awesome. Mean, it was amazing. He didn't shy away. Like it's like, yeah, I'm gonna do a completely desolate, bombed out Los Angeles with just picking my camera in ankles yeah. and uh and some getting some f- nice matte paintings and yeah, God bless him. It was great. Uh, what, what, oh, sp- I'm going back to the cars, especially the, the end shootout, which all of a sudden this movie, t- that's another thing. The amount of, uh, artillery that seemed to be available for these mm. weapons, like, wow. Stockpiled. Wow. Yeah. For years. Years and years of bullets. Cause they are just firing off round after round in like the last half hour of this movie. But I wanted Steve to run over those guys with this Jeep so bad. I was like, Steve, you're the only one in a vehicle yeah. driving into this, like, basically they're like yeah. Western town. Just go nuts. Of all these, you know, buffoons. Just run them over. Just, you know, that would have been great to shoot, you know, mm-hmm. a very slow car hitting someone and them jumping, you know, it would have been great. Little stunt shots. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but no, Agree. he needed to put lead in every single belly. Every and we needed to see every single one. <laughs> oh, dude! Imagine that. I mean, assuming Getman enjoys the company of ladies. Um, and you're you you come home from space after a year. And everyone's yeah. dead, and yeah. there's a beautiful woman living in your thing now in your house, and now and it's it's all Newman. It's the Newman show for that lady. <laughs> you're just banging your head oh you're, my god imagine banging your head against the wall downstairs yeah. in your whatever room you're living in <laughs> just like god damn it what am i gonna yeah. do <laughs> and like and the and the shitty thing is this is the house that you picked out yeah. and wanted to live in yeah but i mean he's gonna have to move out i know it's the only I way know. he can like live yeah. with himself oh no he's got to make his own way he's got to find his own way in the world like he he couldn't have lasted yeah. there in that situation. She's just going commando braless in her post-apocalyptic <laughs> shirts like all the time. I'm being jokey, but I, I genuinely expected that to be like a, a part of the storyline, you know, cause it, cause it kind of always oh, is. Yeah. Yeah. But it was actually kind of cool that it wasn't like it was, that it was just like everyone was cool with the situation and it wasn't a point of contention. I've, if this was Romero, he would have been right in there. It was like, oh, so oh, one person's getting some? We can't. We got to have a bunch of creeps over here salivating, freaking out. When he comes home to find her dead and the other, the other mother and daughter dead, that was another Lord. scene of just complete horror. The way that that yeah. lady was that spread was out so on that chair covered in ketchup. No, no. And fucking- <laughs> like, no wonder- like as Pop says, you know, like was was it was his revenge too much? But yeah. you try existing in the aftermath. Oh no, revenge would be the only thing. Yeah, yeah. Just like just like Newman said, I don't want to live Get in men. a world where baby killers are allowed to roam around free. God damn! But that's now, right. He when did you say heard, that. When you heard the term "baby killers," were you like, "Whoa"? Newman making a little yeah. uh, Vietnam War uh, reference here. But I couldn't. Yeah, that's couldn't exactly where to, my mind went. <laughs> I couldn't figure out any. I don't know. I couldn't. I couldn't figure out a way into that. But it's a very, you know, it's a specific thing to call Sid Higgs' gang. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
like you could have said child killer. Yeah. Could have, yeah, I can't pontificate on what it could have been said, but baby killer is very specific and it and it paints a specific picture of who got called baby killers yeah. and you know. And say yeah. too, not that not that far off. Um right. what else what else? Did we t- cover everything? I'm honestly shocked we we talked this much. See, we're professionals. I mean, you know, that's we went on a run. We yeah, wow, we're almost at fifty five. Um Chris Chris Barquette's uh voiceover at the end. He's the only survivor. Oh, the kid's voice. Is he gonna starve over. to death or dehydrate? Oh my god, and he's walking down that hot road. If we could have uh Foxtrot Bebop put the kid's voiceover to music, oh, like like low ambient yeah. music. Yeah. Cause that cause that that was like in my ears, it was kid, like kids Dale, you felt good. You, you you've had you have children. That the voice that came out of that little Christopher Barquette and that voiceover, kids don't talk like that anymore, right? It was, it was rehearsed. It, it was yes, no. It's kids like, do uh, not talk like it that. reminded me of um, Linus in like the sixties uh, Snoopy cartoons. Like it, it has that, it had Dude. that same quality. I was like, I've never heard a kid in real life sound like yeah. this, but but I've seen the Snoop, the Charlie Brown cartoons a million times, and that's that. I don't know. Is it is it something in the water that kids yeah. can't sound that cute anymore? <laughs> it was adorable. I mean, it was adorable, and he was like he spoke so well. Yeah. Like he was so well spoken. I mean he he uh, he enunciated and he pronounced all of his words. I think just like dad. I think his dad just like dad. <laughs> yeah, I think his dad like really leaned on to him, <laughs> and, and like made him rehearse this stuff. Yeah, for sure. You gotta enunciate. It only, it only makes sense. Every part of that word, son, or else, you know, we descend into chaos. I I hope you know we Dale just informing that Steve Barquette died a few months ago, which really saddens me that I'm only now discovering uh, who he is. Because yeah, it, you could just tell that his passion ended up on the the film for us to enjoy, and and I'm intrigued. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm. Yeah, I'm writing his name down in my notebook and I'm circling it um, so that I don't forget Steve Barquette. Yeah. It's the seven habits of highly effective people right there, Chuck, <laughs> writing his name in that notebook. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, there seemed to be a real outpouring of, of love and, and uh, good memories from the people in his circles oh, when he did pass away. I mean, it wasn't like publicized, I guess, you know, nobody really kind of knew who, Steve Barquette was so we gotta we gotta keep this going you know yeah yeah gonna reach into the mails bag here and uh and pull out what people have sent to bat and spider pod at gmail.com or or they called the official bat and spider hotline at 315-544-0966 first up hobo salary with an email hobo Last episode really got me thinking about step-by-step, step, and I was wanting to know if either of you remember the episode when Frank and Carol go to a local grunge show oh. decked out in flannel in an attempt to feel young? And if so, can you recall the name of the band? I can't, but the lyrics to their song was, head full of nails, driving me crazy, head full of nails, nothing can save me. Oh my God. That's it. I have nothing of real, of real value to contribute this week. I kind of remember them going to a grunge show in order to, uh, to feel young and Suzanne Summers in her flannel. I, but I'm, I'm literally reading a book 
partly about grunge. And so th- th- this hurts because I-, I saw this email come along the notification and I was like, see, this is, mm-hmm. I didn't write it down, Dale. I was like, oh, I got to dig up this episode of Step by Step and watch this because this this is important to me. Right. And to Hobo. And I failed to do that uh, until you just read the, the email now. Um, but yeah, I got to, I mean, nails in my head. I got to find this episode. Season five, episode 17, Forever Young. Oh, okay. I see. I see it. All right. Frank and Carol are repeatedly mistaken for baby daughter Lily's grandparents. So Carol accepts an invitation by a couple they met there to a grunge party. A grunge party. party. The violent dance style is too much, especially for Frank's back. Wow. Wasn't a grunge show, Dale. It was a grunge party. Party. Oh, there's some screenshots. Oh, yeah. Patrick Duffy's wearing flannel and so is Suzanne. Oh, oh my God. I got to watch this immediately. Oh man. Did Cody go to the show or the party? Look, is it, is the name of the show? Is the name of the uh, party venue Cobra pit? I see oh, yeah. Cobra pit. That's, that's, that's likely. Man, I got to watch this show. Oh, I man. forgot that Eddie Munster was, uh, I forgot that Eddie Munster was the, uh, Brandon's friend. He was? The show. Which Eddie Munster? Yeah. There's one of the screenshots. Jason Marsden. So the new Eddie. Oh, the new one. Oh, okay. In the new Munsters. Wow. Th- uh, bless um, Hobo for bringing this to our attention. Thank you, Hobo. Can you watch Step by Step? Torture us now. Step by Step. Oh. Paso a Paso. <laughs> like it's on Max and Amazon. Okay. Cool. Maybe I can go watch this episode. So It's around. Sweet. Chuck's Patrick Duffy Sans is, is begins anew. <laughs> Any more uh, uh, mail? We have a voicemail here. I'm, I'm queuing up here, Chuck. Oh my wow. God. I think the werewolf uh, either caught a cold or he joined a death metal band. He's trying some new material on us. Mm-hmm. Black metal. Dale, I guess it's, it's up to me now. I guess it's your turn, Chuck. Every week we uh, was proud. We have to save the show by picking another movie, and uh, it's up to me. Oh man, this be a god! I mean, that's the that's what this show's about, right? It's it's making the risky picks. You know, like is this gonna is this gonna ruin everything, or is this gonna bring everything together? God, but Dale, why? I'm scared. What, mm. Should I pick a movie from 2018? That's risky, right? <gasps> wow, that yeah, that is risky. That's risky. You dude. know what? I'm gonna save that. I'm gonna bank that because it it could go. Yeah, I don't know. We could use it elsewhere. I'm gonna bank it. Bank it. Step by step. Day by day. Day by day. Second time around. Chuck, did you hear Corey Feldman's getting a divorce? Did you hear that? No. Damn. Unsettling. That's going to ding the old public profile yeah also of note 
They were in the same band together. Was it his band? Uh, yeah, I think it was called, what was it called? Corey Feldman and the band or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I did, I did, uh, look, he is touring, but he's, he does, he's not coming to North Carolina. Ah, <laughs> oh, according to Corey Feldman.net. All right, Dale, I got a pick here. Oh, okay. Yeah. From 1982, we're going to watch Vice Squad. Vice Squad. Okay. It's, com- it's a completely organic Directed pick. by Gary Sherman. Yeah. On the street, the real trick is staying alive. An unlikely Hollywood hooker helps a detective set a trap for a mutilator pimp. Oof. Whoa. Okay. Wow. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Wow. Wait. Gary Sherman, director... <laughs> Of Rucker Howard's Wanted Dead or Alive. Oh my, oh my God. It's already a winner in my book. That's amazing. Oh, geez. Yeah. And Dead, dead and Buried, which I've Just never seen. Just found that out. Have you ever seen Dead and Buried? No, but that art is is very iconic yeah. to me. I remember when that DVD came out in the, the, the golden age oh. of DVDs. I was like, do we, do we all need, me Wait, and my friends, I was I like, do I we s- all need to buy this? Like, ever, uh, uh, this seems important. I think I saw this. I think I saw Was this. It logged under you. I I didn't log it, unfortunately. But I I remember this. I mean the 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 thumbnail of the nurse and the eyeball. Yes, I saw mm. this movie. Mm. I don't remember anything about it, but. Okay. Um. But yeah, uh, Vice Squad. Um. I don't think we've watched a Wings Hauser movie for this. Uh, this podcast, which I don't think we have, right? I love Wings Hauser. He's fantastic. I don't, yeah, I want to. I've I've recently watched. Oh no, we watched uh, Beastmaster Two: Portal Through Time. Oh, of course, yes, he is in that. Yeah, okay. Which I didn't log, Dale. What am I? What am I doing? You might as well just. I didn't uh, log Close it. your account. Because <clears throat> all the numbers are wrong. It's my point. You're not even getting God. the credit for all this stuff. If anybody right now, if anybody right now is from Letterbox is listening, <laughs> and they are. <laughs> They should nail me to the wall right now. Uh, Season Hubley is in this. Why do I know that name? Oh, Escape from New York. Oh, yeah. She's the... Um, when Kurt gets inside and he, he meets that girl uh, in like the storefront window mm. for like five seconds of the movie. That's Season Hubley. <laughs> anyway, Dale, we got we to gotta wrap this. Uh, we got to wrap this fish up and throw it. To the to the customers, <laughs> yeah, we do. Like in Seattle, and uh, yeah, good good idea. Let's get out of here. Uh, Batandspider.com for all your bat and spider needs. Join our Discord. Join our Kofi. Throw us a, throw us a couple shekels uh, at ko-fi.com/slash/batandspider, and uh, we'll see you next time. Love you. Love you. Bye.
Our theme song was created by Toby Forsman of Whipsong Music. Find out more at whipsongmusic.com. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast.